In order to change the society, you have to convince everybody that they've been lied to about their past. That's how you switch a population. You got to lie about the past. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fearless with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. If you are new to the show, welcome. We are a husband and wife filmmaking team. We create films for churches, organizations, and groups to use to educate, motivate, and inspire others to get involved in the world around them and to make an impact for the kingdom. If you've missed anything, you can visit our website at fearlessfeatures.org for more information on our filmmaking ministry, watch our latest film, and search the archives of this show. Or it's also a great place where you can make a one-time or monthly donation. Together, we are the remnant. And we will continue to share the truth in this dying world. So welcome to the show. With me, as always, is my husband. I'm Amber Archer. And I am the husband. The husband, Mark Archer. Hello, my love. Here I am. (laughs) Here we are. So if you guys grab a cup of coffee, we're going to sit down and have a chat again with Dr. Judith Reisman. So this is part Mm -hmm. three. Yeah, part three. So if you have missed part one and part two. Oh, yeah. Definitely go back and start with part one. I think part two uh was quite staggering actually when when you listen to what is revealed we had a clip from judith on the donahue show mm-hmm. where uh alfred kinsey and his methods are exposed to the world and kinsey's photographer was there on the show you know arguing with judith and we're talking about a known pedophile who was mm-hmm. a researcher where all of the sexual data if you will came from right. um so in if you're if you're new to the program we're working on a new documentary film called the mind polluters and so all of this information this is all of our research that we're bringing in to share with you guys <laughs> mm-hmm. as we go along you are coming along on the journey on the yeah. research journey with us as we as we uncover these things, we're sharing them with you, our loyal uh, partners in this on our podcast. Mm-hmm. As we're as we're documenting this, we're sharing what we're learning as we go. And because we were unaware and ignorant of what was happening in the schools. Yeah, admittedly ignorant. It's it's the same thing as when we started on Inwood Drive. We mm-hmm. were admittedly ignorant to how bad the problem really was Mm -hmm. it's not that we weren't paying attention but until you take a deep dive into researching these things you you really don't know and so our goal with this is not to make you uh in any way feel like uh you uh are foolish because you don't know these things because we're the ones who are foolish and don't know these things and we're discovering them we're right there with you and we get fired up about this stuff Mm -hmm. because it is it is egregious these things it's atrocious yeah And on the last episode, what you heard is the guy who worked with Alfred Kinsey, he was his photographer when Kinsey was doing his sexual behavior in the human male, sexual behavior in the human female, and the photographer admitting that Kinsey got his data on children from pedophiles Mm -hmm. molesting and torturing children. He admits it. Mm Mm-hmm. On the Donahue show. So if if it doesn't make you angry and upset, <sighs> I think we we have other issues. So and the whole and the whole notion of this. Let me let me take you on a on a you know Brief. back back up to a fifty thousand foot view here. 
if you want to understand how our society, our world, but particularly the United States got to this place, you have to roll back decades. And we were just talking about this. Mm -hmm. And what you'll hear Judith talk about today is she's talking about Aldous Huxley, Mm -hmm. who was part of this, you know, one of these influencers back in the 40s, 50s, 60s. And talking about what was the quote that she... In order to change society, you have to convince everyone they've been lied to about their past. So think about that. Interesting. What their goal was, and and when we say they, it's kind of a nebulous they, it's the globalists. Mm-hmm. Um, Kinsey was an evil, evil man with wicked, wicked intent. But he was financed by... The Rockefellers. Mm -hmm. And others. And others. So these people put Kinsey up in the spotlight. I mean, can we just say he's got his own building at Indiana University? Yeah, Indiana (laughs) University. Education, hello. (laughs) Put him out there and said, let's plant the lie that, uh, that the way society is, what you've been taught. So imagine yourself growing up post-World War II, mm-hmm. okay? So this is my parents' generation growing up, and let's plant the lie in your head that your parents didn't really, what they're teaching you about how you should live and chastity and morality and ethics, that that's a bunch of bunk, that that's not really how anybody lives. Mm-hmm. If I can plant that seed and convince you that you've been lied to, mm-hmm. then what happens? And we've we've talked about that before. What mm-hmm. happens when you discover that you've been lied to? Or when you think that you've been or lied to? Or when you to. think you're just angry and you rebel. Right. So the lie is told to that generation, the 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 children growing up post World War II, they are told the lie that their parents lied to them. Mm-hmm. And so all of those Judeo-Christian morals and values and beliefs are now questioned. And so what's the result that you get? You get the 60s. Mm-hmm. Sexual revolution. Sexual revolution, full-on rebellion, and you need something to feed this. And so along with this lie, you publish the literature and you put a shine on it like it's serious scientific data from the likes of Alfred Kinsey. Mm-hmm. And you just pummel it with money and publicity. What we're seeing happen today is no different than what happened back in the 40s and 50s. Well, and can I just say, I I just want to read um, in Scripture, Mm -hmm. John 8, it says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. His native language is lies. Mm Mm-hmm. Guess who's spreading the lies? Mm -hmm. Speaking of scripture, I've got another one um, from what we read this morning. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So if if you're just joining us, we we get up every morning and read scripture together. Before our children get up. Before our children get up. And it's usually pretty early. Yeah. 3, 3.30. Isaiah is what we've been reading. And this is Isaiah 10, verses 1 through 4. This is the NIV. Woe to those who make unjust laws, 
to those who issue oppressive decrees to deprive the poor of their rights and withhold justice from the oppressed of my people, making widows their prey and robbing the fatherless. What will you do on the day of reckoning when disaster comes from afar? To whom will you run for help? Where will you leave your riches? Nothing will remain but to cringe among the captives or fall among the slain. Yet for all this, his anger is not turned away. His hand is still upraised. Woe unto those who make unjust laws. This was, this is the Lord speaking through Isaiah against Israel. Mm-hmm. But it is just as much true and applicable. It's, it's true and applicable to any society. And we are no different as a society making unjust laws. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Look at abortion. Look exactly. at our obscenity exemption laws. Yes. You know, what we're talking, what we've been talking about. Well, I just, and I loved commentary from this scripture verse. And it said, God will judge crooked judges and those who make unjust laws. Those who oppress others will be oppressed themselves. It is not enough to live in a land founded on justice. Each individual must deal justly with the poor and the powerless. Don't pass. This is the one. This is where I loved it. Don't pass your responsibility off to your nation or even your church. You are accountable to God for what you do for the poor. And I think, and that's been sort of like our theme, waking up the church. Mm-hmm. You know, what What are we doing? What can we do and to show people, A, the problem, but B, how do we start working together to overcome the the issues plaguing? I mean, it's uh, inevitably, it's a heart issue. It's, it's yeah. absolutely an individual decision every single person on this planet has to make. You either are with Jesus Christ or you are not. Mm-hmm. There's there's no no ifs ands or buts mm-hmm. one way or the other, and I would I just want to remind everybody, remind the Christians, remind the church. You know, we've all been down. This has been a very difficult season, especially after the election. We had great hope going into the fall because I you know we watched the live stream of the prayer march. On Washington, oh, yeah. D.C. Beautiful picture of the and, church. And I wished so badly that we could have been there mm-hmm. to join in. And you could just feel that the Lord's presence was there. Mm-hmm. And and we all believed that the Lord was going to hear. He did hear. But that he was going to do what we were telling him we wanted him to do. <laughs> right. Right. To save Our us timing, from, not his. Right. <laughs> Lord, this is, this is the solution that we've come up with that we would like you to implement. Right. That's what we tend to say to him. And it is hard to deal with and to see what's happening right now, not with just the administration, but all over the place. Oh, our nation in general. But we can take hope in knowing, number one, that the Lord is still in control. The Lord is on the throne. He hears our prayers. He answers prayers. He is saving souls left and right right now because... Mm -hmm. People who don't know the Lord are seeing this and they are crying out. Mm-hmm. They, and, they see that they've been lied to. And yes. who's the father of all lies? Yes. Devil. Satan is yeah. the father of all lies. So S- praise be to God. I mean, yeah. it, it just thank the Lord. So two things that I want to leave with you before we go to Judith. Number one, we as people in the church, 
as Christians. And we, we have people that listen to this podcast in other countries, mm-hmm. but we're obviously in the U.S. And to the church in America especially, I want to remind all of us to stop being so America-centric. Mm. Because, and that's not to say to tune out what's happening here domestically. We need to pay attention. We have to fight these battles. There is a real war waging right now. There is a real onslaught of evil. You cannot ignore it. But if you want to know where the Lord's hand is, watch Israel. Mm-hmm. It, it does not have anything to do with what's happening in Washington, D.C. No. Watch Israel. If this nation, through our policies, through our administration, turns its back on Israel, you ain't seen nothing Mm-hmm. compared to the wrath that will come on this nation. We have been holding the line, and this administration uh, would like nothing better than to turn on Israel. Mm-hmm. The other thing as we go into Judith is pay attention now to, we've been talking for weeks and weeks about these obscenity exemptions, and mm-hmm. Judith is going to talk about where these all came from. Yep. From the American Law Institute Model Penal Code. 1955. This is where it all started, and it started being adopted state by state by state, and that's why we have these problems. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, let's get back to our conversation and interview with Dr. Judith Reisman. The American Law Institute is the basis. No school, no law school can be accredited. No law school can get accredited unless the American Law Institute accredits them, says, yeah, they're, they're straight out. These, this is a good school. Yeah, they do all their law work right. All right, I'm not a lawyer. So you got to get accredited by them. They produced what was called in 1955 the Mo- American Law Institute Model Penal Code. It's a whole new code for the American legal system And they do a section on sex offenses. Oh, the section on sex offenses quotes 100% on sodomy, homosexuality, and so forth. Because Kinsey, of course, did the Kinsey scale. He's the one that said 10 to 37% of our population has homosexual, they engage in homosexual activity to orgasm uh, in their, you know. So relax, right? This is normal. Homosexuality is absolutely normal. We're, we're flexible. We're fluid. We're fluid. We're fluid. Right. Okay. So he had said that. All right. So I'm looking at. The 1955 American Law Institute Model Penal Code. And I'm seeing the only citations to percentages to Americans, what Americans do, you know, what Americans do, truthfully, is to Kinsey. There's no other data. There's nothing else. And I'm saying, wait a minute. Laws laws about uh, same-sex marriage. This was before laws about sodomy, which they go back. Kennedy uses the 1955 Model Penal Code to to cite 100% to that code. 
for for the rulings on legalizing sodomy, which legalized then sodomy to be taught in the schools, K through 12. You know, that's that's a whole nother part of it because the obscenity laws were shifted, were changed too. Okay. The obscenity laws were, were gutted for kids in school. That's why you have obscenity being taught to children. Yeah, there's the obscenity exemption from the model penal code. It was the next one, actually. I think it was, it was a little later. Mm-hmm. But they laid, the, laid it all down. Well, as I'm looking at the model penal code, it's saying age 10 should be the age of consent. Excuse me? Brings you back to my daughter who was raped at age 10. And this is 1955. They're recommending age 10. Then I start looking at all the legal, uh, the law journals, the law journals, Mm -hmm. because that's what Justice Scalia said. The judges adapt their decisions based on the academics, the academics, what's in the law journal. And you spoke with Scalia yourself. Oh, yeah. Can 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 you talk about that? I mean, you don't have to go into detail, but I just want people to know that you sat down face to face. I not only sat down face-to-face with Scalia, but when nobody else would listen to me, thank you very much, when I thought I was maybe crazy or really, what, no, nobody. I mean, I would go to our lawyers, our conservative lawyers. They didn't give me the time of day. No, they didn't. Absolutely not. The, uh, you know, and I won't name names now, but the law firms that were defending us conservatives, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't talk to me would not talk to me, but Justice Scalia sure would. Yeah. Yeah. He had, uh, he had been speaking at a conference. I attended at, and I did ask a question. It was a small conference. Uh, I was lucky to be there. I introduced myself and he said, oh, I know you. He said, I know your work. Ah, ah, you know, my little heart went flutter, flutter. Yeah. I know you. I know your work because they had quoted my work in on on child sexual abuse and pornography in some major decision at the time. You know that at his yeah. So so I know you and I know your work. Okay, fine. So then I wrote to him and and I visited him regularly when I would come to Washington D.C. He always made time for me. He always did. Made me feel sane. Yeah. At least, I mean, I, I figured our, our guys won't listen to me, our conservative lawyers, but they aren't quite as smart as him. And he, he reads my material. He reads my stuff. He knows. Anyway, enough there. But Well, yeah. I think what's so reassuring is that's the highest court. Yeah. Yeah. To know that someone was listening. Oh, he was. He was. It was really important for me at that, uh, during that period, because honestly, he was just about the only one. And I would check my legal arguments with him. That was the point. I'm no lawyer. So I would check my legal arguments with, with Justice Scalia, with Nino. And, you know, and he said, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. So it's okay. And we lost a great man. In my view, we lost a great man. What I found was all the law journals, 
powerful law journals. Law, I mean, it's in my one of my books. There's a list. I started going back and looking. You know, I had help in those years too. And we checked. There's not a law journal that doesn't cite Kinsey. There's none. And they and Utah, except for maybe one, <laughs> Utah maybe doesn't, you know, uh, Brigham Young maybe, for something. Um, homosexuality, marriage, uh, human sexuality, um, homos- whatever, the, custody, child custody. Uh, anyway, all, all, all aspects, list after list after list after list. We, we went from 1955, no, 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 I'm sorry, back up, 1948, when his book first came out, that's when Schwartz, big big guy at the time, uh, his his quotes to Kinsey, uh, and and they're all, you know, he told us the truth about ourselves. We have to pay attention to the science. Uh, the science can be seen in the statistics. He never had a statistic, a statistician. He wouldn't dare. He pretended all the time he had a statistician because you had to have statistics, but he didn't know anything about statistics at all. He lied because he wouldn't dare, because if he had a real statistician, the guy would have to say, wait a minute, how do you do that? This, uh, you can't do that. You know, this, this isn't, and, and one, there was one, anyway, Rockefeller talk, there was a, one critic on the Rock, in the Rockefeller Foundation that pointed out, he, he used... Come on, he used the number two to establish this as a statistic. What? A population of two? Okay, anyway, something like that. So, uh, okay, so the Law Journal articles from the American Law Institute, powerful, start to talk. It's a propaganda stream that goes through all these journal articles to this day, to this day, through all the journal articles. Then they stop quoting to Kinsey, say about, oh, the 90s or so, and they're quoting people who learn, whose dissertations go to Kinsey. That brings us to the, in, in San Francisco, there's a San Francisco Institute that starts to pump out all the sex educators, you know, the sex educators, the sex education curricula, which is all Kinsey. That was um, Kinsey's Pomeroy was the head of, of this sex education system in San Francisco. All right. They're, they're pumping out all the sex educators. Understand sex education, SECUS, the sex education council and the sex education Institute of the United States, SICUS, is founded at the Kinsey Institute, founded there in order to do the sex education of our little kids and our PhDs and our masters, all that. SICUS is going to do that. So that flows out of the Kinsey Institute. Now, oh, we don't want to forget Hefner, Hugh Hefner. Uh, Hugh, uh, the, what flows from Kinsey? What flows from there? Hugh Hefner was a virgin in college, like most of our guys. I have all the documentation there. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
you know, they were saving their themselves for their love. You know, this was this was the way we were, we're going to do things right, right? Hugh Hefner is a virgin, age 22 or 23, I forgot which. Uh, and he's he goes to college, he's in college, and he re he's going to read about human sexuality, yeah? So he reads Kinsey's book, 1948, Kinsey's book, and he says, oh my gosh, my parents have been lying to me all my life. See, um, it's... Uh, it was either, oh, it was either Huxley, Huxley who wrote, you, in order to change a society, if you're not going to do it with guns, right? In order to change a society, you have to convince everybody that they've been lied to about their past. Hello? They've been lied to about their past. Nothing was really better then. It wasn't better. It was worse, or it's been the same. That's how you. That's how you switch a population. You got to lie about the past, and the lies about our past were were real lies. You know, Kinsey's lies about our World War II generation. That was the generation that they were lied to about. Um, about virginity, about, uh, you know, their abstinence before marriage. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's people, people fooled around. People did stuff. But the majority of our population adhered to the Judeo-Christian belief system. They just did. They were raised that way, and that's how they would be, yeah? Mm -hmm. But their children learned that they were lying. Their children learned that they were lying. And the children would never ask mom and dad, did you really do this? Did you really do that? No, they wouldn't ask that. Why? Because you don't ask your parents those kind of questions. So they believed. They went to college. They went to school. Then, then, then high school. Then grammar school. Then first, you know, they went and they learned from their professors from who learned from sex educators. Yeah, it all. And so, so Hefner said, Wow, if my parents have been lying to me and other people, you know, it's typical of uptight folks. They're uptight, but they're doing all that stuff. Didn't make a lot of sense, but that's all right. These uptight people who are going to lie about sex, he says, if Kinsey was the researcher, I will be Kinsey's pamphleteer. Now, what's pamphleteer? Most people don't even know what a pamphleteer is. It's, you know, the guy who it makes it accessible to everybody, right? A little pamphlet, yeah? Put the shine on it. Yeah, yeah. Glow, glow it, yeah. And in 1953, when Kinsey came out with his book, Sexual Behavior of the Human Female, Hefner came out with his magazine with Marilyn Monroe <clears throat> waving from the cover, called Playboy Magazine. Well, thank you guys for joining us today and sticking through to the end. It's quite a journey, and thank you for joining the journey. We will have more with Dr. Reisman on the next episode. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. So stick around and be sure to visit fearlessfeatures.org to learn more about this filmmaking ministry, catch up on any podcast, or make that one-time or monthly donation. We do appreciate it, and we thank you guys. Have a wonderfully blessed day. Mm -hmm.